Welcome to Living Visible. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of how people have faced their obstacles or differences. Hi, everybody. I am Addison Price. I'm Miss Oklahoma 2019, and I will be your host. I am a speaker, performer, and advocate, and not only am I a fried chicken connoisseur, I also am a ice cream and coffee lover. On this episode, we are talking with Michelle Kepler. She is with Decoding Dyslexia. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Addison. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here and talk with you. Yes. Well, I know that your passion for decoding dyslexia, Oklahoma, is so, so great. And you're such a driving force with your involvement and everything that you're doing. So how did you first get involved with decoding dyslexia? Well, um, I am, uh, first, I'm a parent of a child who struggled to learn to read, and I'm also a former classroom teacher. And um, I was struggling to find, uh, to figure out why my son was struggling to learn to read and um, became so frustrated that I, I turned to the internet to research, you know, all these, you know, how... All the symptoms that I had I had uh, witnessed in him, and I found this reading disability called dyslexia, and I thought, wow, why didn't I know anything about this? And so I spent about a year researching dyslexia and spent about a year talking with my colleagues, my peers as teachers, and came to find out that we really didn't know very much about dyslexia, and I thought, all I need to do is connect with other parents. The statistics were on in my favor. It's uh, statistics show that dyslexia affects uh, close to one in five. It's somewhere between fifteen and seventeen percent, and certainly there had to be more parents just like me struggling to help to help my son learn to read. And I found a newspaper article about a group of parents who had just formed a new group called Decoding Dyslexia New Jersey. I thought, wow, that's a great idea. So I reached out to them through Facebook, and they sent me a packet of information to say, hey, here's some guidelines. This is kind of what we've set up, and uh, feel free to get something going in your own state. And within three years, decoding dyslexia grew as a national grassroots movement in all 50 states. So it's this incredible grassroots movement of parents who just are jumping in and saying, yes, I want to do more to help parents find the effective resources for dyslexia that they need for their kids. Wow, that's incredible. I had no idea that it had started all by you contacting uh, Decoding Dyslexia in New Jersey and then grew from there. Yes, yes. It's, it, it's crazy. It's crazy how we all connected through Facebook. And, um, and so, yeah, so now we, we stay connected on Facebook. We have a, uh, we have a leadership team that connects. And so, you know, 24 hours a day, every day of the year, we're chit-chatting, all of us uh, decoding dyslexia leaders in each state. So it's just this really uh, incredible movement that's, that's kind of swept the nation. That is incredible. Well, what would you say that your biggest piece of advice is for a parent who thinks their child may have dyslexia? Well, um, there are some good resources out there that can give you a list of characteristics. And I think a lot of, a lot of the lists, you know, have between 20 and 30 different 
characteristics that you might be seeing in your child at home. And I would take a look at that list. I know when I first looked at the list, it was a list of 31 um, characteristics, and I quickly identified 20 of them that my son had um, been showing at home. And I think most lists will say, you know, if they're doing 10 of the 30, that it would be an area of concern and you might want to seek out some, uh, some testing. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about on this podcast um, about overcoming those invisible obstacles or those invisible barriers that might keep you from accomplishing the things that you hope to. Do you feel like maybe with starting Decoding Dyslexia Oklahoma that there were ever obstacles or barriers that you faced just with getting people to support this mission and this idea or how quickly did it take off? Well, yeah, I, I felt like it, it, um, it, it, we had a bit of a slow start here in Oklahoma. Um, I know that, say, on the East Coast, there are already a lot of centers, reading centers established for helping with dyslexia. But here I, I couldn't find very many resources available. Um, and so I don't think that many people in Oklahoma know uh, at least, you know, five to 10 years ago, didn't know much about dyslexia. So I had to go out and, you know, invite parents uh, that were had struggling readers and said, hey, could it be dyslexia? So we had to really begin to raise awareness from the, from the, uh, from the ground. Um, and so we have, we really do get a lot of uh, parents contacting us saying, hey, you know, I, I've got a third grader and we've been struggling all the way through school. Could it be dyslexia? So, um, yeah, that's one of our, our number one uh, goals is just to raise awareness for dyslexia to identify that, that dyslexia could be the root cause of the reading struggles. Um, and then I found that parents weren't, weren't very comfortable in it's not something that we uh, readily are proud of. There's a lot of shame that's associated with struggling to learn to read. And especially if you learn that it might be a, 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 a reading disability or a learning disability, we're not quite sure how, how to accept that. And, um, but I found that once we began to find solutions to, you know, helping to overcome uh, those reading struggles, uh, it's a little easier to accept and to start speaking out about it once we realize that it's not as scary as it might be once we have some solutions. I was talking with my mom a little bit earlier and we had talked about just some of the things that she's helped me to realize about myself and kind of um, has helped me realize what I'm capable of accomplishing in my life and some of the ways that she helped me to accept my disability and helped me accept the fact that I had dyslexia never to look at it as a negative, but always as a positive. So what's some advice that you would give to parents for how they can kind of approach their child with the fact that they have dyslexia and they may be a struggling reader, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it can be something that is not necessarily, you know, goes away, but can you, you, there are resources available where you can kind of combat that. Yes, I, you know, I remember early on, um, I was a bit relieved to have a name to put to the reason why my son was struggling so much in school, and he didn't feel the same way. He wasn't quite so relieved because school was still very, very difficult for him. But I found that once we started doing some tutoring um, in, in, in 
with some effective reading intervention, he began uh, gaining skills as a reader, and he began uh, appreciating reading a little bit more. Uh, the more he became confident in himself that he might be able to overcome some of these struggles. So I think self-confidence is a big one to hit on. Um, a lot of times if, we've, if we're not learning about dyslexia until a child is in the third grade, they've already struggled and faced a lot of failure in school uh, for several years. And so I, I feel like anything that we can do to help them find other things that they might be talented in, um, you know, whether they're really good at playing soccer or they're, or, um, you know, there's lots of different, um, extracurricular activities that we can, we can help them learn. I know, um, that a lot of our kids uh, tend to like things that are artistic, like so photography, um, in the early grades, lots of, lots of our kids like to build with Legos. And I just, you know, think it's important to find ways and cultivate the things that they're, that they like, the things that they're passionate about and to build those, that self-esteem through those avenues while they're working on becoming a more confident leader. Um, because that's hard work and that's, that's not fun to have to work so hard to, to learn to read. Mm-hmm. So I talk a lot about having your invisible differences be visible for people and how that can kind of free you in a way or help to motivate you to overcome those obstacles and not be so terrified about either the label that might come from it or whatever it may be that holds you back from accomplishing your next dream or your next goal. So do you feel like there's something that you have faced that you had to overcome and that was almost your invisible disability, much like your son having dyslexia, but was there something that you could kind of relate to almost in a sense of this was something I held with me. And because I was, because I had this, I almost knew how to parent him better in a way. Yeah, you know, I think that we, I, I firmly believe that we all have strengths and weaknesses. And, and, um, and I think that it's important to cultivate those strengths and, and to find ways and solutions and tips and tricks to strengthen those weaknesses. Um, I, and, and I, I think that the, um, my son's fourth grade teacher was, uh, was a big help in that. She uh, presented to the class um, this assignment early in the uh, early in the school year about writing about some things that they were really good at, and she was really good about picking out those things that they were really good at. And and you know, within about a month or so, kids in the class started beginning to realize, hey, I'm really good at this, but I'm not so good in this. And so I found that the kids in the classroom began leaning on each other like it was okay if my son asked his neighbor if he could copy her notes on her agenda because he wasn't very good at copying the notes from the board. And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, that's okay. And so I find that kids and adults, we all accept each other a little bit better, a little bit easier when we when we can take the perspective, hey, we all need each other to um, to help in our weaknesses and and what I'm strong at, you might not be strong at. So um, I just I just think that, you know, that's a really great way to approach it. Mm-hmm. Well, really quickly, I want you to talk about a little, um, a little bit about what's happening in Oklahoma, because I know 
you and I connected outside of decoding dyslexia at the Oklahoma State Department of Education and kind of the work that is that is planning to be done and that you're currently advocating for on the legislative level to help students throughout Oklahoma and hopefully set an example for other states across across the nation. So will you tell me a little bit about what is kind of up and coming for the changes maybe in education and how people and teachers and students will see a change in the way that dyslexia is being diagnosed and and helped? Sure, yes. We have a really supportive uh, State Department of Education. Uh, Early on, probably about three to four years ago, um, I began meeting with um, the Director of Special Education for our State Department of Education, and and uh, he had each state has an IDEA Part B advisory panel, and this is an advisory panel that's made up of stakeholders. Um, in that would be like every position within education. So there's superintendents and directors of special services, and there's classroom teachers, and there's parents, and there's even students that represent different disability categories that are part of this advisory panel. While many states have advisory panels and they might have 10 to 15, maybe 20 people on their advisory panel, our State Department of Education has a very large advisory panel, a panel of 40. And it's just a really great collaborative group. And what we do is each year we choose a couple, uh, maybe three different priorities to set out to, to, to discover where the gaps are and what might be some solutions. And we make recommendations to the State Department of Education as a, as a um, stakeholders group. And the very first year that we began, we recognized that dyslexia was an issue and we formed a dyslexia work group. Um, and that dyslexia work group has been meeting for maybe right around two to three years. And we decided that we needed some dyslexia awareness happening. So this fall, we, we rolled out, the State Department of Education rolled out regional trainings for dyslexia awareness. So in October and November, they've gone around, there's been a total of seven different uh, trainings. And so they have begun to uh, talk about dyslexia, uh, where it fits into the SLD category, and, you know, trying to dispel some myths. And, and the biggest myth in Oklahoma is that Oklahoma does not recognize dyslexia. Which we do because IDEA is a federal law and it recognizes dyslexia. So we have been and we have been testing. We just don't have very much information of this. So the State Department has really come out and started sharing some more information. And one way that they're doing that is through these regional trainings. Um, we've also been working uh, with our legislators. And uh, three years ago, we passed a a bill, a House Bill 2008 by House Speaker McCall, that requested a task force come together. And the the Dyslexia and Education Task Force came together, and we were uh, responsible for creating a dyslexia handbook. So uh, there were 22 members appointed, uh, again, representing all levels of education from higher ed all the way to a student with dyslexia. And we created a Oklahoma Dyslexia Handbook, which is giving guidance to the school um, to have some more information on how do we know it's dyslexia, how do we identify it in the schools, and what are some effective reading strategies that we would use, and what are some good ways to support students with dyslexia. So we've got lots of things that are happening that are supporting our students and hopefully supporting teachers in the classroom to begin having these conversations in the classroom. 
That's great. Oh, I love it. Okay. So as we wrap it up here, I always ask what are three tips for success or three tips that you feel like people can kind of take to step outside of their ways of comparison or their ways of holding themselves back. And if you have any resources that you want to include, then you're more than welcome to do that. But what do you feel like are three tips for success? Three tips for success is, is, is quickly just come, come with the approach that, Hey, this is an area of weakness and acknowledge that there are strategies out there that can help and, and just get to work on, on helping in those, in those weak areas and also strengthening those areas that, that, that are your strengths, um, and, and connect with others in the community, um, decoding dyslexia. We have a decoding dyslexia state chapter in all 50 states. Um, I highly recommend connecting with others, other parents that are working on the same goals of, of getting effective resources in their schools and, um, and, and do your homework, do your research. What is effective? Um, I know early on, lots of parents would contact me after they had already tried several different options. And if we, we try and try and try and it's not working, it means it's not effective. So there are clearly some effective resources out there. And I would just say, you know, do your homework. Um, the International Dyslexia Association is a really great go-to resource for what is effective in uh, reaching uh, anyone with dyslexia. Great. Thank you so, so much, Michelle, for joining me today and sharing a little bit more about your story, how you became involved and all the wonderful things that you're doing across our state and really across the nation with all of the parent groups and everything. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you, Addison. I'm, I'm so excited to talk with you and to work with you over this next year. I think you're doing great work. So thank you. Thank you. updated on the latest episodes of Living Visible by following Addie on Instagram at Addison J. Price and on Twitter at Price underscore Addison. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. It's a small act that goes a long way in supporting this podcast.